Uh, oh, goodness. <laughs> it's me, the Krampus. Oh, goodness. I'm the Krampus. Are you being a good girl this year? <laughs> Jessica, I know your name. Uh, y- yes, Father Krampus, <laughs> I think. That feels a little familiar. I didn't say you could call me father. Oh, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> you, you okay? You need some water? I don't know. I can't, I'm not going to offer you milk and cookies. I don't know. What do you give the Krampus? What, what would you like? Red Bull and Necco wafers. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I've trying really hard to get a pop punk band to do a Christmas album about me. Oh. Do you have Reliant? Do you have open DMs with Reliant K? Um, well, we'll see what we can do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello, everyone. I'm the Krampus. Your your accent voice, Krampus, keeps changing <laughs> as you're going. <laughs> on the first take, you sounded more like Voldemort, which I think really worked for you. But then on the second, you just didn't feel like committing to that any longer. Thanks for exposing that we had to do two takes. <laughs> All right, you Krampus, get out of here. Ah! Oh, oh, okay. Jessica, you didn't shake the cinnamon stick at him. That's all you had to do. Oh, really? I don't know. (laughs) I thought you were, like, like dropping some lore. Oh, okay. Krampus keeps spiking the levels, so uh, I'm kind of glad to see him gone. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Seems like he had a hard time doing that voice, so I'm sure he doesn't want to stick around too much longer anyway. Well, Merry Christmas, yeah, tis right. the Merry season. Merry Christmas, tis the season to go tea indeed. <laughs> tis the season to Krampus indeed. <laughs> so, here we are. It's the two pods of Christmas That's for right. 2022. That's right. Which is fitting. It's 2022, the two pods of Christmas. Do you remember when we did, what was it, the five pods of Christmas, the uh-huh. six pods of Christmas? I don't even remember. We were blowing through Christmas songs left and right. You couldn't believe... How many Christmas songs we were giving you every year? Well, this year we've only got two left. There's only two left on Get the on list. Get on it, Reliant K. We need we, more. Yeah, we won't We won't spoil. What is it next week? If you're paying attention, if you're real Sadie Hawkins pod fans, <laughs> or Hawks as I like to call them, if you are Sadie sure, Hawks sure. out there, <laughs> and you're flying around and you're paying attention, you know what two songs we have left. But this is one of them. Flying around like the Krampus? <laughs> I don't think Krampus flies, does he? I don't, I don't know. Doesn't he have a uh, April once again? <laughs> April, if you're going to be so bad, the Krampus is going to come back and he's oh, going to no. hit you with his stick. A switch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. he's going to hit you with his switch. What were we saying? <laughs> I'm not taking this tonight, April. It's Christmas. Everybody's stressed out. We need you to not boof. And growl at us just because we're podcasting. God bless those of you who work in retail. We love you and appreciate you. Yes, exactly. Especially if you have to work up to Christmas Eve. 
Yep. Grocery store workers. Especially if you have to work on Christmas Day. Movie theater employees. Healthcare workers. Are we are we just gonna name everyone now? Pilots. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. We are here and we are talking about another Reliant K Christmas song. This one is oh wait, do we have top of the show business? We I do was have like top getting ready to jump business. in, but we have top of the show business. There's one thing from last week that when I was editing the episode, I realized when we played the live version of There Was No Thief, and I was like, oh, I like this with the organ instead of the piano. And then I went back in the, in the edit and realized that there's like an organ sound on the keyboards in the Burn the B-Sides version as well. But that just escaped me at the time. Piano on The Thief, organ sounding keyboards on There Was No Thief on both the Bird and the B-Sides and the live version. But at the time I thought like, oh, the live version's so much different. And I was like, right. no, whatever. Did you have any mistakes to correct from last week, Jessica? Tis the season uh, to possibly, be forgiven. But not that I recall. I will. It is the season to forgive your debts and forgive your mistakes. Podcasts everywhere. If you've made mistakes, you are forgiven because the Messiah is here and He's here to forgive you. Correct. Y- yes. Our, uh, again, I was waiting for us to do top of the show business. Yes, but we do have top of the like, show business. You're uh, you're bearing the lead there that we're talking about handles Messiah this week. So here is there are two voicemails. This one is from David Park. Jimmy and Jess, it's David from Jimmy Eat Pod. Uh, I am an editor by trade, and so I dabble in stock footage and stock music and stock sound effects libraries all the time. And there is a producer I work with that. Every time we do a project, wants to hire a composer to compose directly to the piece that we're doing and uh, even do all the cutdowns and handle everything. And because, like you said, there's this embarrassment of using stock assets. And I'm like, I worked for Disney for six years, and all we ever used was stock assets for that stuff because it was so much easier to clear than utilizing then home video, a lot of the stuff I got for Disney was for home entertainment. Um, for them to go internally to go license a track, it was just so much easier for us to go and use stock assets. And it's like five to $10,000 for the composition, the, you, know, all, you know, all the time that goes into making the track, and then licensing that track. So we have to license it specifically for the piece we're doing, and then if we ever want to use that piece again, we got to renegotiate a license deal. And it's like, dude, or – we could have just used our blanket deal with, you know, name your stock library, we use them. I can cut the music. You don't need to hire the composer to do the cut down. Anyway, yes, there are people, uh, this is new to me that I'm dealing with a producer that wants to hire out all the time for music assets, but it's a thing. And yeah, I don't, I don't get it. The, the stock music is great. Uh, yeah. All right. Later. Yes. From last week. I was talking about my ongoing crusade to uh, tell people enough with stock asset uh, embarrassment or stock asset uh, paranoia, prejudice, like stock assets are there for people to use from the tiniest productions to the biggest productions. Disney right there. Yeah. Most movies and television shows that you watch use stock assets. So when stock assets are like identified in something and then like the internet wants to shame that thing. I talked about the Van Weezer thing last week, but another example I thought of recently was I watched this one random video game YouTuber and he was like, 
it was a compilation of like the biggest mistakes. I don't even remember who it was. The biggest mistakes some video game company ever made. And on that list was they used a stock image of a girl and then like photoshopped her to make her look more alien so that this was like the stock photo. This was like the profile pic, the icon for this one alien character in the video game. Mm. And like the fans of this game series like chastised this company for doing that. I'm like, that's what you do. David just explained it. Like if you are going to create original assets or hire somebody to create assets, whether it's photos or music or drawings or anything, you have to pay an exorbitant fee to get that done because the creation of it from this from whole cloth is expensive and then you have to pay a license on top of it or you can go to people who lend their talents to making a plethora of materials they take their talents and they make all these materials and they put them on the internet specifically to help you quickly finish and, and more cheaply and save money and finish your vision. And then stock images become this whole thing in the meme culture, right? Like, obviously, there's the distracted boyfriend and girlfriend. And whenever you see the distracted girlfriend model in a real thing, <laughs> like, she's in those... If you go to Gelson's here in Los Angeles, you see the distracted girlfriend... <laughs> <laughs> holding her phone with the Gelson's app on it. And I always think it's so funny. So because, of the, like, yeah, that's one thing. Like, if you know that there's a certain stock element that's, like, sort of more popular than others, like, maybe you don't have to use that. I understand. But David just explained it perfectly. Like, Disney, yeah, Disney's going to create, they're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on their main movies. But it's not a matter of cutting corners. It's, like, you have to get, like, behind-the-scenes footage and DVDs and websites done quickly and for much less money, and that's what stock images are there for. And if Weezer see it is like, oh, we want to do this 70s motif of, like, rock and roll lightning, and, like, oh, wait, this is it. This is perfect. Like, there's no point in hiring someone to recreate this thing that we found online when this is exactly what we want, well, then they pay that stock company to license their photo. And there's nothing embarrassing about that. And this video game company, like, they're not going to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars to hire a model to come in for one tiny picture for a postage stamp size image of this alien creature on the screen. They're going to just take a stock image and alien her up, and there you go. Uh, it's it's Christmas, and all your sins are forgiven, all the podcast mistakes are forgiven, and stock assets should be accepted and loved. Indeed. Exactly. <laughs> this is the this is my Christmas message. Oh A ghost, three ghosts will visit everyone who hates stock image, <laughs> stock material. We have one more call here from Bjorn. Hey, it's uh, Bjorn again. After a while. Uh, I promise I'm not only calling because of Among Us, but uh, uh, you you seem to have summoned me, the Gen Z listener, with the Among Us song. I, I I honestly can't take that song seriously anymore. Every time it starts, I end up laughing. But that's just me. Uh, I was actually wondering if, um, since you're talking about all the Wind Up Bird songs. You would also talk about uh, the songs from the My Other Band comp, uh, Calendar of the Energy, uh, Poison Ivy, and the Warmth of the Sun Beach Boy cover. 
So those are, those are pretty good. Uh, definitely, uh, really good earthquake songs. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for podcasting. Uh, talk to you later. Thank you, Bjorn. Yeah, like, I do see, I know what Among Us is. The young people, they know Among Us. I'm, I'm hip with the young people. All right, all right. I'm cool with the young Are people. Are we covering those songs, Danny? Uh, I, I think we, I think we didn't put them on the list. We okay. only put Wind Up Burn on the list. Now we're going to do a Patreon episode at some point for the entire My Other Band CD. I bought it on Amazon, so we'd have it. We already did the Dave Douglas Side Projects episode and Dave Douglas's other band, Agnes, much, the much less released band Agnes that led up to Gypsy Parade and Attack Cat. But, um, yeah, we're going to do all the songs on that on Patreon in one episode. Maybe we'll do um, the the other Earthquake songs that are on that comp separately, but I just didn't think so originally. The reason we threw Wind Up Bird songs into the list was because I realized that they are kind of... They, because all of these Relying K songs that we're doing that paint this story overall in pieces of Matt Thiessen's life, I realized, wait, Wind Up Bird has more you know, narrative that connects to all these other things we see, especially in late Reliant K albums like Collapsible Long and Forget Not Slow Down and Air for Free. I feel like Wind Up Bird is another step in that story. So we couldn't, we didn't want to ignore those songs. Possibly the earlier Earthquake songs don't really fit for that specific narrative reason. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see if we decide to do that or not. Um, and then we have one other top of the show business thing. And that's that we have our first, and we're we're selling out. <laughs> we're not really selling out. This is not this is not a paid advertisement. This is just like a what would you call it? Like a synergy thing. This is just like a little agreement, a handshake, a digital handshake between uh, like-minded people. But Small Step Records, you may have seen them on Instagram and stuff like that. They follow us. They sent us some some merch that we're going to give away on the social media. Ooh. So, and I figured it's gift giving time. That's right. These may or may not get to you in time to give as gifts. <laughs> <laughs> but Small Step Records is like a is a small recent Christian record label and they have bands like I'm familiar with Grandpa Loves Rhinos, but then we we have two CDs from Long Story Short and Last Chance Marie to give away. So this week, after you hear this, probably the day or two after this episode comes out, I will post an Instagram post. So you have to go to Instagram. It's not going to be on Twitter because, you know, we don't want Elon Musk to (laughs) interfere with this. (laughs) We don't want we don't want to get we don't want to get doxxed. We don't want to get accused of doing anything that we didn't do for this whole thing. So (laughs) so go to Instagram, find the post for the we're going to do one this week and one next week. Go to this week's post for Small Step Records. And it's going to say, you know, just comment underneath if you want to be put in the drawing for one of these CDs. And if we know you're listening, put a Santa emoji in your reply under the post, because then we know you're listening. That's right. And we'll give you three entries into the raffle automatically just by the one anyone who's out there not listening to us and just puts their name in they only get one raffle digital invisible raffle ticket you our listeners go to the instagram post we're giving away small step record cds put a santa emoji in your reply and you'll get three 
invisible raffle tickets. That's exciting. I love this uh, this one sticker for uh, the record company specifically, Small Step Records. It's like a teardrop shape or like a almost like a uh, not a Mars rover. Oh my gosh! Like you know the <laughs> capsule the Imperi- in the in that you go in in the spaceship, and okay. it's got a little skeleton spaceman on it, and I love it. So it says Small Step Records. It's exciting stuff. It's a great logo. I realize. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They are supporting faith-based DIY pop punk, skate punk, easy core emo and ska bands. So you can go to smallstepperecords.com. I was like, I did say they're Christian. I was familiar with Small Step Records for a long time, and I just was always like, I think they're Christian, and I'm like, I should go double-check and not just completely assume that, based off purely my memory. Because clearly this my memory is fallible. This says, love God, love others. Well, there you go. Listen to Pop Punk. And you'll get stickers and a button in there as well. So that's the giveaway. Now, sure, giving away free CDs, that's nice about Christmas. Giving gifts, but... This time, the Christmas time that we're here to celebrate again, it's not about the material goods. Yes, you should go to our Instagram and enter the raffle. <laughs> but enter the but it's what are we really here? What's the reason for the season, Jessica? Uh, the Messiah. The Messiah, Jesus Christ. That's right. Do you think this Reliant K song is about Jesus? I do. You do? Yeah. I'm not totally convinced. <laughs> you stop. <laughs> do you have song meanings to discuss this? No. Oh, okay. Were there no song meanings? Nope. Zero comments on the song meanings. I did think about that this week. I was like, wait, are there song meanings for the Christmas songs? Maybe right. for some of the original ones. For some Christmas of the, the original songs. ones, I think, yes. But when they're covers, I don't, I'm not sure that anybody's really going and adding stuff in there. Well, this song is Handel's Messiah. Yep. That's what Relying K calls it. This is a movement, a track, a portion of Frederick something. <laughs> Do you have that information? Uh, yes, it, it, it would be Handel. Uh, Frederick something Handel. Hold on. Oh, no, I accidentally opened up the spoiler warning. We have TikToks later. Um, oh. So George Frederick Handel, who was born... February 23rd, 1685, died April 14th, 1759. So this is a Reliant K song, 300 years in the making. Wow. <laughs> this was a auditorio, which is, which is basically a kind of opera that's sung in English. And it was at the time meant for more like common accessibility as opposed to uh, operas which were sung in other italian and they were much less like popular music like this was the popular music of the time honestly like handel's messiah was kind of like the popular music of the time and uh relying k calls this cover handel's messiah really this song is called hallelujah it's like a section apart from part two of this opera and the track for the most part, is called Hallelujah or the Hallelujah Chorus. But Reliant K called it Handel's Messiah, which is the name of the opera overall. So this would be like if Reliant K did a cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit, but they called it Nirvana's Nevermind. This isn't, that's, this isn't exactly the title. But everyone knows it. It's Hallelujah, Hallelujah. It's that song. 
Whenever I hear this song, I think about that scene from Christmas Vacation where Ellen flips on the switch in the utility room and the lights finally come on and the neighbors are tripping all over from the blinding lights going on and off. And then by the end of the song, Julia Louise Dreyfus is like on the floor, like scrubbing the carpet crying. Every time I hear the song, I just think of that scene. Um, I couldn't think of any other times that I've heard this. I was like, this is such a ubiquitous melody and song Mm -hmm. that i can't i couldn't that's like oh yeah that's one where it's used but i couldn't think of all the other times it's been used used like maybe on tv tropes or something could have told us where it's more specifically been used but yeah this song and this opera overall has become like a big christmas staple like people play people perform the entirety and it's like two and a half hours long or something like that they perform the entirety of this I just said it before, or orchado. What's it called? This horchata. <laughs> I said it the first time. I was too busy looking up uh, TV tropes. <laughs> well, people perform the. I'm just going to say opera. It's a type of opera. It's not really an opera, but I'm going to just keep saying opera because it's an easier word to say. People perform this opera all around the world around Christmas time, and it was not originally. It's the entire opera is about the birth of Christ. It was not originally written and conceived as a Christmas thing. It just kind of evolved over the hundreds of years to be something that people play at Christmas. And because of that, hallelujah, this this song has become kind of a staple for Christmas music. But there's a few other songs like this that are simultaneously songs for any time of the year and also Christmas songs. Probably the other one that I can think of (laughs) hundreds of years later is uh, these are a few of my favorite things from The Sound of Music. Like The Sound of Music is not a Christmas play and these and favorite things from Sound of Music is not a Christmas song, but it's completely ubiquitous as a Christmas song now because it mentions Christmas. So Handel's Messiah, the Hallelujah Chorus, which is about the coming and the birth of Christ, uh, it's both a Christmas song and a non-Christmas song. It makes sense. Relying K covered it. It's only a minute long. I'm aching for things to talk about because I don't really have much to say about the Relying K version, except that it's fun. It is. It's a fun bopping update on this song. And I like the ringing guitars at the end. Yeah. Like this is off of uh, Duck the Hall, Bruise Your Hands. Yeah. Yeah. It was over there first and then eventually made its way over to yeah. Let, Let It, it Snow, snow baby, baby, Let It, it Rain Dear. It's in the same, it's, you know, uh, we've gone over the the re-sequencing of Deck the Hall, Bruise Your Hands, the original Christmas EP, when that entire thing was fleshed out into Let It Snow, Baby, Let It Reindeer with all the extra songs. It's not like they took all the Deck the Hall songs and just jumbled up the order. They kind of took chunks so in, and moved them over and, you know, put the new songs in between. So in this case, the sequencing around Handel's Messiah goes... Santa Claus is thumb into town, Handel's Messiah, and I Hate Christmas Parties. And those three songs are bunched together in the same order on both CDs, both mm-hmm. the small, both the original, shorter Deck the Halls EP and the fully fleshed out full length Christmas album that everyone knows. Um, so it, this song basically serves that same purpose as just like a little padding in between Santa Claus's thumb into town and I hate Christmas parties. And I see the sequencing thought there. Um, basically you have Santa Claus's thumb into town, 
which is this very goofy pop punk song that interpolates Santa Claus is coming to town, but really it's an original song. Santa Claus is thumbing to town and it's silly. It's goofy. It's wacky. It's very immature in a fun, sweet, wholesome way. And then you got to get to I hate Christmas parties, which is a very earnest, uh, sincere, very mature Ben folds pashish of how Christmas is can be lonely and difficult. So how do you get from wackety schmackety pop punk to Ernest Benfold style Christmas piano sad song? This song, this one minute stepping stone kind of gets you there because it's fast pop punk goofy and it's you know in the fact that it's fast pop punk but it's still sincere in that it's actually based off of real music classical music like it's got this core dna of earnestness like there's nothing more earnest than handel's messiah what about Ernest saves christmas that is probably the most earnest Christmas work of all time. I'm sorry, Handel, you've been dethroned. <laughs> that is, by definition, the most earnest Christmas work of all time. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. Well, they could have covered the score to Ernest Saves Christmas, but instead they did a fast, fun, one-minute cover of the Hallelujah Chorus from Handel's Messiah. And I feel like... As a transition between those two songs, it makes complete sense because it has the musical earnestness of the song coming after, but it has the fast-paced goofiness of the song that comes before it. So this is kind of like, this is basically one of those um, in-between songs that we talk about. We've done a couple of those, like Anchorage and stuff. Like, I don't even think of this necessarily as a full song. This is more like an interstitial song to get you from one song to the other. I think that's really the purpose that this ended up serving. I don't know. Did they really sit around and they were like, yeah, let's do a one minute version of of the Hallelujah Chorus for no good reason. And then we'll figure out the sequence later. My going theory is that they recorded this specifically for the sequence. I could be totally wrong, but I'm just saying they didn't mess with that sequence on on the second version of the album it was there i'm focused on the sequencing of this song right now i'm sorry (laughs) but they had it very specifically between these two songs on the original deck the halls and they left it between those two songs on the second cd so that's why i think that this song probably exists it probably exists as a transition between santa claus's thumb into town and i hate christmas parties musically i guess it's a lot it's a is it a little bit more technical than the typical Reliant K song. There's actually a lot of technicality on Deck the Hall, Bruise Your Hands because 12 Days of Christmas mm-hmm. is incredibly technical. There's so many change-ups. Like, I know it's all done in editing. It's not like they did the song live. They'd never done that song live. But, like, the, 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 like, the change-ups in 12 Days of Christmas are so uh, technical and in a way jarring and yet completely smooth and makes sense and like not even either unimpeachable and uh here this song is also like rocking like it seems like there's a lot of guitar going on it's not like a lot of diddly diddly d like not a lot of like heavy guitar <laughs> shredding but there's so much 
technical heavy guitar sort of in the mix here for a typical Reliant K song. And I guess they could just really bear it out and really just make that rock for the one minute. Whereas I don't think of uh, Reliant K necessarily as this... Well, that's not... I was going to say, I don't think of Reliant K as this, like, overly, like, strongly produced. But that's not true at all, because we've watched those Mark Lee Townsend videos, and there's, like, hundreds and hundreds of Pro Tools tracks. So I bet you there's a ton of Pro Tools tracks on this, because they have the choral, like... Is choral the word for a chorus? They have the chorus-like vocals, and they have the bells... And they have the, the the shredding guitar a little bit in there. This is a very dense one minute of music. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It serves the original very well. It does. Handel would be doing whatever the opposite of rolling in your grave is. I'm sure this up in heaven. Rejoicing? Rejoicing. Know. This is his favorite cover. <laughs> 300 years later, the boys from Canted did the boy from Germany well. Because <laughs> we learned... What's his name? <laughs> George Frederick Handel was an expat from Germany who moved to London to work in the budding music scene there. Technically not classical music at the time. It was just music. Right. It was the pop music of its time. Almost, you know, actually literally. Like, well, he did operas and stuff, and that was not considered like a popular form of music. But this or- orchestra, I keep forgetting the word, this English language popular religious style uh opera was actually conceived as a we in this youtube video we watched about the history of this song of this musical of this opera it was conceived as like a way for him to make more money (laughs) because he was like flat broke and he needed a more commercially successful project he had been making operas and they had been successful at a time but basically like his opera career had run its course and so he needed like a he he needed a hit and it's funny how the the business of music in a lot of ways hasn't changed like that's the same story for a lot of pop stars nowadays is they have this one thing that they're really good at and they make a lot of money at it and suddenly the and suddenly society moves on from them and then they need to reinvent themselves or do something new to make money and this became pretty popular at the time. Yeah, so over on the official Wikipedia for Messiah by Handel, uh, Messiah, and then in parentheses, HWV56, is an English language oratorio composed in 1741 by George <laughs> Frederick Handel. The text was compiled from the King James Bible and the Coverdale Psalter. Psalter? Like yeah. Salty the Singing Songbook? Right, uh, by Charles Jen- Jennings. It was first performed in Dublin on 13 April oh, 1742. And it was a fine performance, I'll say. <laughs> uh, it, uh, and received its London premiere nearly a year later. After an initially modest public reception, the oratorio gained in popularity, eventually becoming one of the best known and most frequently performed choral works in Western music. Now that we watch this, um, there's this thing called like music and the spoken word on the Mormon Tabernacle Choir YouTube page. And we only watched a little bit of that. And we got as far as they performed it in Dublin. It was a big success. And then they brought it back to London and it was not that big a success. 
and the critics at the time were not very favorable to it when it was first released in London in like whatever year 1742 I guess it would have been by then right what I found really funny there was a quote where a London reviewer in 1742 was upset that Handel's Messiah which is this 200 page they said it was 200 pages of written music uh work completely in tribute to the birth of the messiah to the birth of christ this reviewer was indignant that this was being performed at the play halls because he's like these 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 players these you know musical players are not ministers how dare they and I was like, oh, dude, stick around for 300 years because eventually the church will take teenagers who just want to play punk music and will push them out on the road and say, oh, you're a pastor now. Right. You have no uh, actual background in this, but now you have to be a pastor while you play your punk music. Yeah. I just found that funny that in seven in the, in the 18th century that that was like an indignant thing to play to Londoners, not to Dubliners apparently because it was successful in its first run in Ireland, but to Londoners in 1742, it was considered a little shameful to be playing a big opera in tribute to the birth of Christ in a regular playhouse and not in the churches or whatever. So I have an article from Smithsonian Magazine, Glorious History of Handel's Messiah, a musical rite of the holiday season, the Baroque era oratorio still awes listeners more than 250 years after the composer's death. This is by Jonathan Kandel from December 2009. And we'll just read some of this because it's a very long article. George Frederick Handel's Messiah was originally an Easter offering. It burst onto the stage of Music Hall in Dublin on April 13th, 1742. The audience swelled to a record 700 as ladies had heeded pleas by management to wear dresses without hoops in order to make room for company. (laughs) Handel's superstar (laughs) status was not the only draw. Many also came to glimpse the contralto Susanna Sibber, then embroiled in a scandalous divorce. The men and women in attendance sat mesmerized from the moment the tenor followed the mournful the mournful string overture with his piercing opening line, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Soloists altered with wave upon wave of chorus until near the midday point. Sibber intoned, he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. So moved was the Rev. Patrick Delaney that he leapt to his feet and cried out, Woman, for this be all thy sins forgiven thee. Now, of course, Messiah is a fixture of the Christmas season. Woe to the concert hall in the United States or Britain that fails to schedule the piece around the holiday when, as well, CD sales and web downloads of the oratorio soar. For many amateur choirs, this was written in 2009. Oh, uh, it many, wasn't written in 1750? <laughs> many, I meant it wasn't written today. For many amateur choirs, the work is the heart of their repertoire and the high point of the year. In most Most of Handel's oratorios, the soloist 
dominate and the choir sings only brief choruses. But in Messiah, says Lawrence Cummings, the director of London Handel Orchestra, the chorus propels the work forward with great emotional impact and uplifting messages. This year, the 250th anniversary of Handel's death has been a boon to the Baroque composer and his best known work. The too young. commemoration too, has, too young. has centered in London, where Handel lived for 49 years until his death in 1759 at age 74. The too BBC, young. Yeah, the <laughs> no, BBC, I'm actually surprised he lived that long for the time. Yeah, the BBC has broadcast all of his operas, more than 40 in total, and every one of the composer's keyboard suites and... Canada's was performed during the annual London Handel Festival, which included concerts at St. George Hanover Square, where Handel worshipped, and at Handel House Museum, see Handel Slept Here, longtime residents of the man that Ludwig von Beethoven himself, citing Messiah, said was the greatest composer that ever lived. Uh, and then it just goes on to say like about how he was born in Germany and sort of his musical background. But that's sort of a little bit more on the Christmas uh, uh, side of things, I guess. Cool. Here, let's go down a little bit. Um, well, while you look at that, I was touching on this, but now I will. I am on the Wikipedia page, so I can be more specific about it. So, you know, this is an over two hour. It takes over two hours to perform this in its entirety. Uh, I listened to half of it today at work, <laughs> just like leading up to it. And eventually I skipped forward to the hallelujah section because it's towards the end. And it's basically 53 different movements contained within uh, three parts. The second part is the longest. So part one. Oh, is this just I'm just. Okay, there's more to it than this. The way that this is organized, the way that all these little different movements are organized, is there are three parts, and within each of those parts is a scene, and a scene is comprised of three or four different movements. And in this context, a movement would be, in our modern concept, a movement, I guess, is like one song. So Hallelujah, and they're all named. Like, they actually were specifically named. I wondered this. Um... Jennings. Yeah, un- unlike most of the songs that we end up covering where we're like, oh my gosh, how do they not know anything about this song? It's from like even right. even later oh, than yeah. this song. We actually know a lot a about lot this. A lot about this song. There's a lot about this one. They did not rely on K this. There was a lot known about Handel and his process, <laughs> I guess. And so we're just kind of touching on you know it's a the massive history here. it's a massive history. i found a two-hour documentary specifically about handel's messiah and i was like cool yeah if you're interested and you want to know more at like even especially about like the the different religious sort of movements within the song definitely look it up because that information is out there and we could do yeah. a really long <laughs> podcast just on this song but we'll 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 try and keep it brief so Hallelujah is the 44th movement, wow. a.k.a. song, within this orchato, or trotto, or atato. It's within scene seven in part two. It's the end of part two. And part two is like the longest section of it, of the opera. Um, it's the section that honors the birth of Christ. Right. And hence the hallelujah, hallelujahs. I, I saw a thing here somewhere on this Wikipedia that, unlike, say, a lot of like 
other. <laughs> I gotta learn this word. Oratorio. Oratorio. Unlike a lot of other oratorios and operas, there's no direct narrator singing and talking in this. This isn't like sung from Mary's point of view and Joseph's point of view and the Three Kings' points of view. It's just kind of told as a story by the choruses that sing the words in English throughout the story. And then they all sing Hallelujah at the end of part two. And then part three is much shorter than part two. I saw part of Handel's Messiah performed live. This is a little bit of a Oh, Danny, kind of story. Uh-oh. Because I think around 2002 or three, my mom, like, signed up for a choral society for, like, a mm-hmm. chorus. Yeah. And they were working to perform Handel's Messiah around Christmas that year. And my m- me, my dad, and my sister all went to see it, even though my parents were divorced by this time. And I only stayed for half of it. And I told my mom I could only stay for part of it, right? Because Mercury Switch. <laughs> of course. The metalcore band. Ah! The local ah! New Hampshire metalcore ah! band. Coincidentally, in the same town that my mom was playing, was part of Handel's Messiah that night. In the same town of Nashua, New Hampshire. Was having their, it was supposed to be their last show. It ultimately wasn't their last show. But I'm like, I'm not going to miss Mercury Switch's last show. I can go to my mom's performance of Handel's Messiah. And then I can leave halfway through and I can go see Mercury Switch. Lord help us. Because it was if, 10 minutes. Like what? MXPX is in town for the birth of our child. Because Danny will be like, oh, hi, baby. Bye. Well. <laughs> If it's a similar situation to this, I would only go see MXPX if they were 10 minutes down from the hospital. (laughs) So I left. Like I said, I was going to leave. Five Iron Frenzy's opening, Jess. I gotta go. Like I said, if it's 10 minutes down there, it was such a great coincidence. My mom's doing this thing. It's in the same town. I I gotta do both. Well, then, like, later on, my mom was upset that I left so early. And I was like, I left at the end of part one. Well, I don't know Handel's Messiah. Not then. I know a little bit more today. I didn't know that the Hallelujah Chorus comes in all the way at the end of part two, like an hour and something into it. I'm like, I gotta go. Mercury Switch is having their last show. Handel's Messiah happens every Christmas all around the world. Mercury Switch only had two final shows. Were you at both of them? No, I was only at the first one. <laughs> See, so I got—I was like, oh, I saw their final show the first time. I'm good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so what you're saying is that you could have seen the final, final show and watched all of your mom's I don't even know when the final, final show was. I was moved away from New, New England by then, I believe. So I'm sorry to my mom. She's not out there listening, but I'm sorry that I left. <laughs> Before you sang Hallelujah with the other dozens of people in Nashua, New Hampshire that night. I'm very, very sorry. This is Christmas. It's the time for forgiveness. The reason for the season is Jesus Christ himself who came here to carry our burdens. And Christ will carry that burden of me letting down my mom to see a metalcore band. (laughs) Oh boy. So this is like the most famous song from this oratorio got it i got it i said it that time this is the most famous song from this but then i was listening to the entirety of it uh i was listening to a 1976 performance uh 
by the Academy and Chorus of St. Martin in the Fields. It's just the top one that came up on my Spotify when I typed in Handel's Messiah was this one particular CD on Spotify. But there's the other most, probably the second most famous section of this musical. It's not, I guess you don't call it a musical. This oratorio is, that's not it. Just want to, should we do a Patreon episode where we listen through the entirety of Messiah? Oh, I mean, <laughs> what's your relationship uh, with classical? Before, let us know. Before I finish this thought, what's your what's your history with classical music? Um, my mom used to put it on to help me sleep at night oh. when I was a little kid, and we would go to like not the opera but the symphony. We would go to the symphony maybe like twice a year or something when I was a kid. And so I might have seen this performed. I don't remember, though, because I had ADHD. So you took me to see a symphony as a kid. And I was definitely like, oh, boy, I got to sit here in a fancy outfit and listen to this boring music for like two hours. Goodness gracious. <laughs> I love I really enjoy classical music, just like jazz. I don't necessarily like know the names of all the players I listened to. I, I, when I was trying to get into classical music, actually like after I let my mom down with this whole handles Messiah thing in 2003, I was like, I should learn some more, learn more about classical music. And I really gravitated to Chira, Chira, Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh Chirovsky. boy. I don't know. Danny. <laughs> Danny. Can you help me out? Pronounce this word. <laughs> Tchaikovsky. Right. <laughs> I listened to a bunch of Tchaikovsky, even though I cannot pronounce his name. I'm having a hard time trying to remember. There's one more movement. I listen to it. I li- I'll, I'll throw on a dark academia playlist every now and then if if the mood strikes. But I'm not, I understand. not a big classical music person. It seems, you know, it seems like a lot of people don't connect to classical music. It and makes that... me a little anxious. Oh, okay. Some of it makes me a little anxious. I don't know what it is, if it's something in some of the movements or whatever. But yeah, I'm not, not a huge fan. Well, this documentary, that six-minute YouTube video we watched about the history of Handel's Messiah, they were like, this is one of the most accessible pieces of classical music for people it feels immediate it Mm -hmm. feels now and people connect to it very easily so and it's played every christmas and people have a great time enjoying this particular music and i'm sure there's lots of other classical music that has that same connection and can feel more modern i mean it's not like people don't like orchestral music right like it's in all our movies Mm -hmm. and everyone loves john williams and all that stuff so it's like and danny elfman so it's not like people don't like orchestras it's just like people don't like you know some people a lot of people don't talk about connect with the forms of classical music that particular style well, do you have anything else to say about the song, or should we go ahead and take our break? I'm trying to find... So, <sighs> I wrote it down. For Unto Us a Child is Born is the most other famous melody from this uh, piece. But where the heck is it? Oh, I found it. So when I was listening through this, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like we're watching oratorio. the BBC. 
It does. <laughs> but you know, I used to watch a lot of PBS growing up, so sometimes like that's why I think I got all my appreciation for jazz and classical is because they were always using jazz and classical music as like bed music and interstitial music and commercials and stuff. So I think this is probably the second most famous song from Handel's Messiah. Like, I feel like I've heard this a lot. Does it sound familiar to you? Yeah. So why didn't Reliant K cover this? Because <laughs> I'd be like, oh yeah, I recognize this, but I couldn't tell you what it was called or who it was from or anything like that. I guess it's not as much... Uh, no, I guess maybe that particular song isn't recognized. Yeah. It's definitely not recognized as Christmas music, whereas Hallelujah, although it's recognized in a lot of contexts, it is like recognized as Christmas in, music. people in period era like clothing are like hopping through the fields at like a castle in England. <laughs> That's that music. This song, this music is about the birth of our Lord, Jessica. This is set in Jerusalem. Don't you just feel like you're there with the three wise men? This would be the, the, I mean, at the time, this is the, essentially the same as like writing a hip hop musical about the birth of Christ. Like this is the, this is the vital art form of the time it was written. Right. But um, one, the last thing I was getting at and I didn't really finish saying was when I looked at the track list you know, it says part one, symphony, part two, comfort ye my people, part, you know, it names all these things. And I'm like, is this a silly shoes situation? Are these, are, are they really just like part one, movement one, part one, movement two, but like people have like, uh, they colloquially, colloquially, I cannot say words tonight. I can never say words, but I definitely can't say them tonight. Do people just like assign titles to these diff- individual movements based on whatever like you know the the lyrics in that movement are but no these are the canonical uh titles to the song so this to the movements so this is called hallelujah it's not even called hallelujah chorus the uh what's his name the guy who did all the research jennings along with handel he titled each movement Jenin. he, jennings jennings he titled this track hallelujah so it is not called handel's messiah like i said before now trying to find other like rock bands and like famous versions of the hallelujah track from handel's messiah was very difficult because there is a much more popular song called hallelujah that right. is not about christmas and right. not really about god either right. is it about god i don't really know no. enough about that song but I feel like every time it's used in a movie, it's never used in the context of God. <laughs> it's always used in a sex scene or someone dying of a drug overdose or something. Right. So uh, is that who is it? I don't even remember who that is. That's Tom Waits, right? Or um, no, it's. Uh, <laughs> uh, Leonard Cohen. Oh, OK. Did Tom, okay, I see why in my head I put Leonard Cohen and Tom Waits in the same yeah, location. They live in the same yeah, neuron in my head. I'm absolutely. just double checking for my own uh, sanity if Tom Waits ever actually did this. And no, he did not. He did not. I was just completely wrong. I was just. Is this the one that they used for uh, Justice League? <laughs> Is that the Watchmen? Watchmen. I, That's no, what I, I was knew it was a Zack Snyder movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that's the that's the more oh. famous nowadays song called Hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm the Krampus. Oh, here we go. He's <laughs> I don't have a set voice. <laughs> and we'll be right back after this break. Thank you so much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. If you want to join the conversation, please contact us with thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, 402-95-SADIE, or send an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. You can also visit our socials. Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are all at Sadie Hawkins Pod, where you can see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for easy access to all these links, as well as our merch store for shirts, mugs, and stickers. And on Facebook, search for Sadie Hawkins Group to discuss our show and Reliant K. It's admin by Danny, so honestly, you can probably post almost anything there. We also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Samantha, Matthew, Bjorn, Emily, Isaac, Kindle, Joshua, Daniel, Jay, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes. Unlock dozens of existing bonus apps, including Chaos for Karaoke songs, every chapter of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book, stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon exclusive shirt when you have donated a lifetime contribution of $60. Whether you join the Patreon or not, we appreciate that you have a lot of choices for podcasts out there in the world, so it's nice that you chose us. Thanks. So I already went over the, the like original song deep dive, so all I have for TikTok, sorry, so all I have for Relay and K are TikToks. <laughs> we're, we're batting a thousand tonight. <laughs> uh, first up, we've got... I. I don't know what I'm looking at here. Some sort of a picture of Harry Styles just <laughs> bouncing back and forth from. Oh, oh, I it's see. one of those prayer candles. It's one of those with prayer Harry candles, and it. it says, "In God We Trust." ASF. And then it's in the the, the Harry Styles prayer candle is in, in like a on like a mantle with a, with a bunch of other actual right. religious uh, paraphernalia. Items, paraphernalia. So this one is uploaded by Sky Fox F P V U L Pine. And he's sitting in his car and he's getting ready, bobbing his head, like getting ready to rock out to the Hallelujah song. And then it It says just about every parent this time of year. And then it cuts to this sort of like filter. <laughs> it's just like it's like the old iPhone um iTunes commercials. It's a like little, a little, yeah. yeah, but all colorful. And it's like dancing. And Whatever. <laughs> well, and of course, I don't have the TikToks, so I have to relaunch the page. <laughs> uh, Just get TikTok, see. Jessica. Join me with the young people. I know. Uh, then we've got an advent here from at T A B I K O S P L A Y Z. And it says, day five, 20 days to go, get hyped. And they're just opening and up. And they're opening up They have multiple advent, advent calendars, calendars, and they're opening yep. them all up. Oh, this one got, it got a mini, 
a pop mini vinyl, mouse, a pop mini, vinyl a mini, mini mouse pop vinyl. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Oh, one year April had a doggy. Yeah, my parents sent her a dog treat. Advent calendar. Advent. She went nuts. She loved it. Every it day she knew it, it was yep, time. Knew it was by time. the way, the sun would go down and she'd be like, it's time for the advent calendar. And she'd go <laughs> she crazy. She'd run over to the kitchen to look for it. <laughs> then we have. <laughs> she knows we're talking about her. Some uh, some sort of Japanese food product. Just a clo- uh, an extreme close-up of that. This is uploaded by Steven Desu. And I'll press play. And it took me back to the Oops. Harry Styles one. <laughs> so it's some sort of white food inside of a green bag. And or is, or is it, it toilet or paper? Or it might be toilet paper. It's toilet paper. Is this from like 2020? Oh, oh, oh it's a box right. cutter is opening a Prime Amazon box. box. And it's inside. toilet paper it's toilet inside. Paper. Oh, it's Japanese toilet paper. Is this a joke? Was this made during the during COVID? Right. And they're saying hallelujah, I got toilet paper right. from Japan. Was TikTok a thing then? Yeah, TikTok's been a thing for years. I don't it just know how really I find out. It really caught on what year this what year this was. You probably can't cuz you don't have the app. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> okay, and then last but not least, it's a mini Christmas tree and this is uploaded by calvary.yg. And he can't play it. And it's sitting on top of a table that says and I guess practice. It, and we're hitting the play button, but nothing's not happening. Playing. Cavalry Youth. Oh, this Y'all must cavalry be. Y'all yeah. Youth Group. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just so, not playable. It's just not playable. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay, so it's just a mini Christmas tree on top of something that I can't tell if it's a refrigerator. Oh, it's a, it is a it refrigerator. It is a refrigerator, and they lit it. And they just lit it up. Nice. It's just a Chris. It's just a mini Christmas tree lighting. Yep. Fun stuff. Very good. So that's what I have. The undefeated daddy is 2019. Is a sticker <laughs> on this. Uh, on this is that the local ska band of Calvary Youth Group? The undefeated Perhaps. daddies. It sounds like a ska band. So there's no like. Is that everything you had? That is. So there's not really any. Um, there's not much to this video. There's there's like some guitar covers and stuff. There's an ASL video. There's tons of Christmas tree lightings, Christmas house lightings. So we'll look at some of those. It's all um, thanks to Christmas Vacation. There's no live performances of the song. But, you know, I won't feel bad for mixing up Leonard Cohen with Tom Waits. Because here, when I was searching out Reliant K Christmas videos... I found Noel singing Reliant K. This is from 10 years ago. Noel singing Reliant K is the name of the YouTube video, but it's uploaded by the channel Shane Cawthon, C-A-W-T-H-O-N. So this is a girl named Noel sitting on the couch 10 years ago with her Apple laptop, and she's going to sing some Reliant K. Huh. I don't recognize this song. Did did we miss this song from the list? Do we have to add this song to our Relying K list? 
This is Hawk Nelson. This is a Hawk Nelson song. And you commented, you saw me watching this video, and you're like, this video seems cursed. It is it's very not, cursed. It's not bitrate cursed, like it's a very clear video. There's just a lot in the frame. There's just a lot of blankets and pillows in the frame. A big, uh, one of those early flat screens where it's still an SRT, a CRT television, but it's technically a flat piece of glass and in the front. And a super creepy mirror that is oddly shaped. And and it's like Noelle's, you know, Shane, I guess, is sitting across the room from Noelle, just filming her singing. There's no, it's just like a fly on the wall watching Noelle sing Reliant K. So things happen. People, things get mixed up. Hey, the band Frickin' A got mixed up with Reliant K. That's right. <laughs> that happens. It does. Well, um, there's that. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember what this says is, but it says accidentally cursed. Oops. Accidentally cursed FMV. So it's it's a loop. It's a it's a very short like two second loop of a guitar, close up of a guitar cool. playing. It's not cursed. It has and then a nice it cuts to some border. children. Oh, that is cursed. <laughs> it cuts to some oh, slow mo children in a chorus. I, going, oh, wow. Okay, that is a nightmare. There's a lot going on in this frame as well, but when it cuts to the slow, and it's like a red, it's he took the footage and put it. They took the footage and put a red filter all over everything. So when you see a chorus of children moving around as the border, yeah, when you see a chorus of children going, oh, and they're all red, right. it's cursed. This is uploaded by D O D A V A H one five six two, and this is from only a year ago, and only has twenty views. So. This has existed since our podcast has existed. I found a video of a kid's baptism that's out there. I don't feel like necessarily doxing them. It's in public, but you know, it's nice. It's nice. There's like the they they had a Catholic baptism and they uploaded footage of both the baptism and the day nice. to YouTube set to this song and I'm like that's very nice. Um the, so I do have one musical thing oh i did find something i found sahara being performed at messiah college just oh, by typing okay. in reliant sure, k and sure. messiah but i have something else entirely since we don't have really any covers to speak of i mean i could play guitar covers but they're guitar covers they're play along in the room to the studio track guitar covers so instead here's the closest thing i have to a derivative audio work and this is a rave DJ that I made where I mashed up Reliant K's Handles Messiah. Wait, I didn't try saying it that way. Reliant K's Handles Messiah. It's like Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Anyway, this is Reliant K's version of Handles Messiah mashed up in rave DJ with Metallica's Leper Messiah. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, pretty rockin'. It works out so well. (laughs) 
I love that part. It actually like it found like oh da 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 da. It found that same what da da da. It found that same like thing in both pieces of music. So if you don't want to listen to all six or seven minutes of Leopard Messiah, you oh, can just wow. listen to this one minute version matched go. up with Handel's Messiah by Reliant K. Good stuff. We didn't go over the lyrics. Oh, we didn't. That's right. I did put the, the genius page on my on my deep dive, but I was like, there's no comments or annotations or anything. So I didn't even think to click back into it. I will say I just want to check it out because it's hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> For the for the Lord God, omnipotent reigneth. That's the part I could never understand, whether it's in Reliant K's cover or hearing it in real life. It yeah. always sounded like impotent reign, which obviously would not be the lyric. But for some reason, almost every performance, I cannot hear the words omnipotent reigneth, which makes sense. Lord God... He reign he reigns over us omnipotently. He's all around. He's like mm-hmm. a rain. I mean, it's not rain as in rain falling from the sky, but it's yeah, rain as a king. His everlasting lordship over us his followers. <laughs> exactly. So that's all the lyrics. So I'm going to annotate this and explain that omnipotent <laughs> means that he is always around. Well, Dan, do you like this song more, less, or the same? Um, I probably like it the same. Oh, last thing. This happened a while ago, and I'm not going to play them because they are cursed. And some of them are cursed and creepy. For some reason, there's these like Spanish language viral videos, like these attempts at viral videos, where it's like, people doing one is like a little boy doing crazy soccer stunts like a very little boy in like another country doing crazy soccer stunts and then another one is like some people in what appears to be an african nation just like having some sort of like laugh (laughs) like maybe if i understood the language i can't remember but it's like these attempts at like non-american viral videos from all around the world and for some reason they're just tagged as reliant k handles messiah and this has come up before where these bots just must rove for tags just to find tags that people might look for because there were other like spanish and african viral video attempt bots that for some reason were tagged with another reliant k song this is another one where that phenomenon happens. Huh. Interesting. So that is the main reason why I think I like this song even more than before we did this episode. <laughs> no, I just like it a lot more because I paid a lot more attention to this uh, or or 
horchata. I just want to say horchata. <laughs> this oratorio. I spent more time paying go. attention to that this week and learning a little bit about George Frederick Handel. <laughs> and you can see where the classical music has really cleansed my thinking so that oh, I'm, yes, I'm just thinking and feeling and just being so much more present. Mm-hmm. Or is it like how, you know how like um, businesses, like particularly 7-Elevens that don't like, you know, like um, unhoused people hanging around in front of their businesses or particularly people who or might be unhoused and have mental problems, they will blast classical music and that will cause them to leave. Have you heard about that phenomenon? Yes. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe I psychologically have some issues where classical music drives me a little a little wild. I I don't know, but uh <laughs> alrighty then. Well I think that I like this song the same to a little more. So yeah. Very nice. Well once again, it's Christmas. We got one more song. Do you remember what it is? Do you know what next week's Christmas song is? Do you know, Jessica? I do not. Oh, okay. Well, Jessica will be surprised as well. I yep. won't tell her. She can't do any research or anything. She's just <laughs> going to find out when we sit down next week to record Sadie Hawkins pod. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to go look for those posts over on Instagram so that you are entered for a chance to win uh, one of these two CDs and some stickers and, and a button. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Have a great week.